Welcome to the Diz Love Podcast with Vanessa and Chris. I'm Vanessa Ferguson. And I'm Chris Johns. We would like to welcome you to show number 125. And for any listeners joining us for the first time, our show features things we love at Disney. And in each episode, we have a guest who creates Disney magic for our listeners at home or on their Disney vacations. From vacation planners to product producers, our guests can bring Disney magic into your life. And we'd like to add a special note for our longtime listeners. We really appreciate your support over the last month. We had quite a journey working to get our Instagram account back. Is that not true, Chris? It was a lot of work. <laughs> Vanessa told me a lot about Instagram. <laughs> so we had gotten hacked if you didn't don't follow us on Instagram. And it was a long journey. We did get our account back. We have all of our followers. We did unfortunately lose our five years of posts. So if you go back looking for an old episode, you'll want to go back to Facebook because that's where all of those are. Of course, we still have our website. Nothing happened to that with the episodes, but we just really appreciate everybody checking in. We got a lot of messages and the Disney community is awesome. We had another account going while we were waiting to get our account back. So we just really appreciate everybody and thank you so much for your support support during this time. So now we're back to our regular shows and our regular posting. We're so excited. Just in time, we'll be going to Disney very soon. And we are so excited to be able to share that journey with you. And before we get started, Chris, as usual, we have a message from our friends at OrlandoVacation.com. Yes. And that message is save money. Use the code DISLOVE to save 5% off your next lodging of three nights or more in America's favorite place, Orlando Florida. Not only do they have places in Orlando, they also can have great discounts on tickets for Disney as well as the other parks in the greater Orlando area. And again, orlandovacation.com. Use the code DISLOVE, D-I-S-L-O-V-E at checkout to save 5% off your next booking. That is an awesome deal. On today's show, we would like to welcome Leslie from Dream Creators Less, who is available to help you with all your Disney travel planning needs. And before we get to our interview with Leslie, we are going to be talking about something from the West Coast. And no, I'm not talking about Disneyland. Today, we're going to be discussing my recent visit to the Walt Disney Family Museum in San Francisco. Now, I was out there, I actually had a friend who had... A family emergency, and I went out there to help with some things. And after a few days before I was traveling home, we had a chance to just take a day and relax. And they are in the Sacramento area. So we took a road trip over to San Francisco for the day. And I will say this was definitely on my Disney bucket list. I know I mentioned it to Chris several times before. It was just an awesome opportunity for her to see something she's always wanted to see. And we're not necessarily really West Coast people. We don't have any family out there. So this was an awesome opportunity for her to see a friend and also go to a place that she's always wanted to be to. Yeah, so it was really last minute planning. We literally decided to go to the museum two days before. So you don't have to plan a lot ahead of time. You do buy the tickets online and you pick a time for your arrival. Um, but just a little bit of background about the museum. And then we'll talk about my thoughts and opinions about it. I am a history buff. We enjoy going to museums. So I am going to bore you with a few facts about it. But the museum is really a cool place. It's in original army barracks, the buildings. So when you look at the front of the building, it's awesome because you're really transported back in time. 
My grandfather was stationed at this base during World War II for part of the time. So it was really iconic for me to get to visit it, not just because it was Disney, but I also have a family connection there. So the buildings themselves are part of a national park. So the front of the building, it has banners that say the Walt Disney Family Museum, but it's not like it doesn't scream Disney because it's a historic site. They have the main buildings and then there's some buildings to the back where they host special exhibits. Right now they have a Jungle Book exhibit. We did not go into there. We honestly just didn't have enough time, but it is really awesome. The costs you can check online, but they vary. My friend's dad is retired military, so he was able to get in at no cost. Our tickets were only $25. So it's pretty affordable to be able to go and visit the museum. And if you're out there, there's definitely, depending on the type of Disney fan you are, you will definitely want to check it out. So Chris, we'll go ahead and have you ask me a few questions about what I thought. To start, what were your overall impressions of the museum? Now, as someone who enjoys reading books about the Disney parks and about Walt Disney and the Imagineers, I loved it. It was funny because my friend and her dad had been there before, and he said, be prepared, you're going to do a lot of reading. And that is really true. It is definitely a place for adults. There were a few kids there, but we have a five-year-old. She would not have had fun. (laughs) It is lots of displays with lots of reading. And the fun thing is, is it goes all the way through the history of the Disney family through the Disney, the various businesses that Walt had and his brothers, and then goes through the history of all of the films in very big detail. So depending on what sort of films you enjoyed, you could really take a deep dive into them. They had original artwork and cells and original things from the Disney family, so many photos and documents. I mean, it was just amazing to see that all housed in one place. And then, of course, it progressed its way to the Disney parks, and you have the first few years of Disneyland. They have a really cool model, which we'll talk about a little bit later. But overall, the museum was like taking every Disney book I've ever read about the history and putting them all in one space. And I tried to read as much as possible in a couple of hours. We were there for three hours. And I feel like maybe I read 60% of the signs. And there's a lot of interactive displays, which were fun that you could do a lot of things. And we tried to experiment and test all of those, because I really wanted to be able to share some of that with all of you. So there are some hands-on things. If you're someone that's like, oh man, I don't like to do a lot of reading or that sounds intense, you could just walk through and enjoy the displays. I wanted to soak in that information. Now, I think if Chris would have been there, he's a guy that more goes and looks at the displays. And I think you don't read every little detail on the stuff. I'm not doing that. Yeah, no. So I think he would have taken in more of the overall displays where I wanted to take in a lot of the detailed information. The... Interactive exhibits were fun because they had ones where you could do things related to the music of the different films and you could mismatch and do different things to connect. So if you like the musical side of things, they had things related to the artwork. I spent a good chunk of time. They had one display where you could go through and listen to short interviews from different Imagineers and different artists from things over the years. They even had a spot where you could do, um, they had one of the birds from the Tiki Room and you could learn how the animatronics worked. So it was very overall 
as somebody who loves all of those things, Disney, it was well worth the visit. I would love to go back and read even more of the things. I think every time you go, you would learn something new. My friend had been there about eight years ago, and she spent just as much time reading things and absorbing it as I did. And she said there were new things that weren't there when they were there last time. So overall, those are some of my general impressions about the museum. And I think if you are that type of a Disney fan where you like to learn the history and you like to have some of the details, maybe about certain films or certain projects that Walt had, you will really enjoy your time there. You know, you mentioned, you know, how you're a super fan and I'm a fan. What kind of folks, what level of Disney fan should go to this museum? I think if you are a person that's into the history of the parks and about you like to read the books by the Imagineers and you're into that sort of thing, you will love the museum. If you are someone that just loves I would say just the rides and maybe just, I know we have some friends that are super into certain series of the films or into different characters of the films. If you're not into the process that goes into it, I think you're not going to have a great time. You'll enjoy it, but you're not going to spend three hours reading all the signs that I did. I will also say if you have a child that's under the age of probably middle school, unless they're really into history, they probably are not going to have a great time. And I would suggest not bringing kids. We saw a handful of children. The kids that seemed to be enjoying it the most were more like high school age and ones that were like into artwork. You could tell the ones that were wanting to look at some of the pieces from some of the films. And there's a lot of the hand-drawn artwork. They had... Um, the different tools that his, that they use the, for the animation. So you could see through several levels to see the uh, camera that they used for Snow White. So those kind of people will enjoy it. If you're just someone that really likes is more about the, the rides and those sorts of things, I think you're better off maybe going a few mi- a few hours down the road and going to Disneyland. That is my overall impression because it's definitely geared towards a different type of Disney fan than what we think of some of these other things. What was your favorite exhibit? I have, that's kind of a hard question. I will say everyone would probably gravitate towards they have In one of the final rooms, they have a big display where it looks like a model of Disneyland. But if you look closely, it's not Disneyland at any point in time. It's Disneyland from a 10-year period, basically that period from when it was built until Walt passed away and all of the different attractions that encompassed it. It was probably the size of, I mean, I would think it was maybe 10 by 15 feet and so it was very, very large. And because my friend and I, when we first approached it, we were looking and go, well, where's this attraction? Why is that attraction there? And then when you found out that it was really everything that encompassed that time that Walt was alive and the park existed, that was kind of a cool thing to see. I will say just on a like heartstrings kind of level, they had one of the benches that he sat on when he would watch his daughters at the carousel. So that was really cool. And you could sit on it and you could get your picture on it. I also thought, and it brought tears, they had at the end of the exhibit, at the end of the museum, they had lots of things from when Walt passed away, the 
memos that were written to employees. They had things that appeared in newspapers across the world and in other publications. And that was very moving as well. And then they had little things that I thought were cool. They had the flag from World War One that flew over the canteen in France that he used to go to. So those are kind of some of my favorite things. Wonderful. Would you recommend going back? Yes, I would definitely go back. Number one, I would have loved to have saw the special exhibit. So I could have just went back just to go see that. So you could have a second day there for sure. I would say that if you're really into Disney in that level that I've talked about, you should probably plan two days there. I think spending an all-day marathon of reading things would be intense And the location gives you a chance. I mean, they have like a cafe that's open part of the time in that, but it's not like in the heart of San Francisco. It's a little bit removed from the downtown area. So if you were staying in downtown San Francisco and you could go one day, spend a day at the museum, and then go back the next day and go to the special exhibit, I think that would be a great experience. And I could see myself going back again a few years down the road to be able to see things in a new light, just like my friend and her dad did, because they had been there before, and they were happy to go back. And I think both of them would say they would go back even again down the road. So it's definitely something that I don't think is a one and done, at least not for someone like myself. And I'm sure for others who enjoy going and learning about historical things, I mean, there's museums that I've been to more than once. And there's some museums that I've only been one time. This is one that I would be willing to go back to again. Awesome. And again, you know, you mentioned it's not right in the city. I seen some photos. It looks like it's pretty close to the What's that bridge called? The Golden Gate Bridge. The Golden Gate Bridge. <laughs> I was trying to think of all the bridges. Um, and you had mentioned also, you know, your family connection. In regards to, you know, how was the parking like? I mean, where, you know, how far was it off the freeway? Tell us a little more about that. So you do have to get, you have to take one of the bridges into the city if you're not already staying there. And then we went through all of the city. Like you go through, we went through Chinatown, the financial district, you go through some of the residential areas, and it's in a place called the Presidio, which used to be the military base. So as you drive onto the base, it's gated. And these are all former government buildings. And now people live in these buildings and rent these buildings. Um, From what I understand, you can have long-term leases, but because it's part of the national park, you can't actually own them. So once you enter into the Presidio and you start driving to the museum, it's maybe four or five blocks. I don't want to use the word compound, but it's kind of like that because it's the former military base. So it's very separate from the rest of the city. So in the city, you have the skyscrapers and the, I don't know, are they row houses in San Francisco? You see them. And then as soon as you get on this area, it's much different look. And there's large grassy areas. The nice thing is the parking is very easy. There's street parking right in front of it. I believe they had a bigger lot in the back, but it was Sunday afternoon. We had no problem parking literally right in front of the building. It was pouring rain and we didn't get super wet because we were able to run white in the building. And there's a big grassy area out front, which is where um, the military would do their lineups. 
So you actually walk over to that and straight across is a building that's the National Park Visitor's Office, which is kind of fun. We do do a lot of travel besides Disney, shocker. Yes. We like to go to national parks. So we have like our national park passport. And I was able to go in there and get the stamps. And literally at the end of the row of buildings, I think there's four or five buildings. You look across and the Golden Gate Bridge is right there. So you can get pictures of yourself with the Golden Gate Bridge. And that National Park Office actually is where you get the stamps to say that you've been to the Golden Gate Bridge National Park. So you are right there. And when we left, we were able to leave and you can go where you exit the city going on the Golden Gate Bridge. And then there's a nice viewing area right once you get over the bridge where you can look back and you can see Alcatraz and you can see the buildings where the Walt Disney Museum are. So really, you kind of get a lot of history that's not even Disney while you're there as well. That's wonderful. And I, I, you know, the great thing is, is that, you know, she, Vanessa had a chance to go out to California to see a friend. And it's just one of those things I'm so happy that she had the opportunity to see something she's wanted to see for a very long time. Yes. And I definitely think that a lot of you that listen to the podcast, you would enjoy it just as much as me. It's something that you would want to go to and want to check out. It's worth taking that side trip to San Francisco. I know I was glad to have my friend's father drive us because he he's lived in the city. He knew his way around. But I think if you were there, the area near the museum is pretty easy to navigate. It's just getting through town itself. That could probably be overwhelming if you've never visited. But if you had taken, um, if you had taken transit and were staying in the city, I think you could get there your best bet. I know they said public transit doesn't go very well into the Presidio. You'd probably have to take a lift or something to get there, but you could easily access that. Or if you had a rental car, you could drive right up to it. It's not hard to access at all. But overall, I highly recommend it. It's always nice when we get to go check out something that's Disney, but it's not one of the parks. And we hope that all of you get a chance to check it out one day as well. And If you have any questions, I'll share a lot of photos from my experience. I took some videos I want to share as well. I'm really looking forward to hearing maybe some of you have already been or some of you that have been wanting to go. Maybe this will be that push to get you to go and make that that experience come true for yourself as well. So now we are looking forward to sharing our interview with Leslie and helping you plan your next Disney vacation. And she also plans other vacations too. So maybe she can help you plan a trip to San Francisco. Again, so happy you had a chance to go, Vanessa. And thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for listening. We'd like to welcome Leslie to the show. She is with Dream Creators Less, and she can help you with all your travel planning needs, whether you're going to Disney or other places. She, of course, like all of us, loves all things Disney. And she has been, her day job has been working in an animal hospital. So she also is an animal lover like we are as well. So we are really looking forward to hearing from Leslie. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here and be doing my first podcast with you guys. Now, we always have to start asking something about what you enjoy at the parks. So right now, we just started asking, what is your favorite event at any Disney park? Which is such a hard question because there's so many good ones to choose from. Um, And uh, I'm going to stick with Food and Wine Festival at Epcot because Epcot is hands down my favorite park. 
And I just love food and wine, getting to like try the different things from around the countries and the like seeing the different pavilions and just getting a little taste of other cultures. That's just a little above and beyond the regular experience. Although you see all the stuff at Festival of the Arts this year, if I would have made it there, it might have gave it a run for my money. <laughs> yeah, it looked so great this year. I, it's definitely on my bucket list. That and Flower and Garden I haven't been to, and both of them just always make me wish I was there. <laughs> now, we of course want to hear all about your business, and what are the services you offer connected to Disney? So... I can pretty much help you with anything as much or as little as you want. Um, it's such a great option for people who get overwhelmed because Disney is so big and there are so many options, dining, park reservations, anything that you were going to need help with on your Disney trip, I can help you do. Um, and the best part about it is you can use my knowledge as little or as much as you want. If you were a planner and you want to go in and do everything except for wake up early for your dining reservations, I can help with dining and let you do the rest. Um, if you want to do the actual planning and just use, you know, somebody's extra hands to keep an eye for dining reservations opening up because you missed what you wanted for dining, anything like that. Um, the nice thing with starting out on Instagram in the Disney community too is I have, if you're looking for specific items from small shops to prepare for your trip, I can a list of vendors. I have vendors that are in Orlando if you're wanting to send, you know, a arrival package for a kid for a birthday or special event. We have resources for that. And then, of course, just all your Disney planning. Leslie, what inspired you to start your business? So, obviously, I just love and adore all things Disney. And really, I had thought about it for a while, just watching all the Instagram stories of everyone thinking... I have so much knowledge that could be going to better use (laughs) and helping people plan their trips. Um, And we actually took our daughter for our first family trip this past October. And so I used a friend who was a travel planner um, and kind of just used her as like my backup help. So we both tried to snag dining for some of the tough dining spots. Um, When we set up alerts to snag reservations we missed, there was two of us. So it was a little bit easier and gave us extra hands on deck while I did most of the day-to-day planning. Um, so after our trip, when I came back, I just really had that feeling in the back of my head, like, you should just jump in and do this. So after a couple months of researching some different agencies and talking to my husband, I decided this might be the way I get back to Disney more frequently while sharing the magic with other families. And I'm so excited that I finally took the plunge. That is so awesome. And you kind of started to touch on it already, but how do you think your services can add magic to your customers' lives? Um, Well, the first thing is just Disney is overwhelming. And it's for a lot of people, it's, you know, a really big expense. And it gets overwhelming because you're worried about making it perfect. So I think just having that extra support especially somebody who spends all of their free time watching the different YouTube videos and reading all the updates from the Disney parks. Somebody who has that inside knowledge can just be so helpful and kind of give you the best tips and pointers that you might need if you haven't been before. And it just alleviates a lot of the stress that comes with planning so that hopefully you're able to actually relax and enjoy your trip. Well, and I find too, even as somebody who's gone 
a lot of times. Just being able to have my travel planner who's able to make those reservations, keep an eye on the discounts, make those calls. We're, like we had a Disney cruise last summer and our travel planner was able to call when there was cancellations from COVID because it was an Alaskan cruise, when we needed to look when the new discounts became available. And that's so helpful for even seasoned travelers as well. Absolutely. Not having to sit on hold with Disney for God knows how long. Yes. <laughs> their, their hold lines are notoriously long and having somebody to do that for you so you're not having to waste your day is a huge plus. Not to mention that we're always looking for the best deal for our clients. So anytime discounts are dropping, we are already in line in the queue to try to get our clients the best deals applied to their packages. And that's the nice thing. You can book ahead with a travel planner and they are constantly monitoring all those things for you. So you don't have to worry about, oh, there's a promotion. Do I qualify? Your planner will have you on their list. They will know what you qualify for and automatically be trying to find you the best deal. I know some of our seasoned Disney travelers who are listeners would know this, but what is the cost for your service? My cost is entirely free to you to use. Um, we get paid directly from our vendors. So your price with us, is this, even if it's the same price that you might find, you are then getting our skills for free because you don't have to pay an extra dime. It's already factored in. And that goes for other vendors as too, not just Disney. If you're looking to use your travel planner that helps with your Disney trip on a different trip down the road, all the vendors pay directly to the planners. You are not paying an extra dime. And I think too often people don't realize that, and that's why it's always so great to hear from planners like you, because it can let people realize that you can give all this help and it's not costing them anything, which is awesome. Exactly. And that's one of the nice things that we always tell people, you know, we can help you as much or as little as you're wanting. If you want to take the reins and just use us here and there for things that you don't quite understand or know, it doesn't make you feel like you're losing out because your, your cost is the same no matter what. And meanwhile, you're getting a great bargain. If you want somebody to do everything for you start to finish, you're going to not have to pay a dime for all of that extra help. You, know, you just mentioned help. You know, What are some of the common themes that clients who come to you after trying to maybe plan their own vacation, what are some of those mistakes that people who want to do it all make? I think that um, really just planning your day-to-day -day and not necessarily knowing how – you know, the hours of the parks, what days are things, you know, when we planned our trip, that was one of the things that my agent helped me with so much was, um, we were there during Halloween season. So, and I had been to Disney a lot growing up, but not as an adult. So I never had done the planning process myself. And, um, you know, we didn't realize parks closed early certain days for parties and after hours events and just having, um, somebody that can help you realize all the ins and outs um, I've had people, I think dining reservations are the other biggest thing that people appreciate because those dining reservations are competitive. Yeah. <laughs> <Man>. yes. <laughs> the minute that window opens, you have to go in with a plan. And that's something, you know, that we go through training and learn what days to shoot for what reservations and can kind of help you organize your time, to, you know, with your park days. If there's dining that you really want to have, we can kind of suggest what days might be the best to get that. And if you don't get it, we have, you know, different alerts we can set up with companies to try to get you that after the fact. 
or canceling dining while you're there. When you're busy in the parks and you have a snafu come up and you need that help, you're not having to take away from your park day. You have somebody, you know, who's on hold for you that can cancel your dining reservation if somebody is sick and you don't, you know, you're dealing with whatever needs to be dealt with or you don't want to park hop and you had a reservation for somewhere, you know, we can help you do all of that so you're not having to take away from your magical day that you should be enjoying. Now, you've talked so much about Disney World, of course, but where are some of the other places that you can book travel for? Um, So, Disney Cruise Line is really popular right now, and we can help you with all of that. I have booked two Disney cruises in the last few weeks for travelers. Um, Disney Alani Resort is always a big Disney draw. And, you know, they do have Disney Vero Beach and Hilton Head. There's so many Disney properties that people aren't even necessarily aware of that we can help you incorporate a little bit of magic into some other travels. And they also have destinations by Disney where you can go anywhere in the world with that Disney quality um, tours of anywhere. And it's awesome because while they're not Disney focused, they have all of the attention to detail and other important things that people value with Disney. Are any of those trips on your bucket list? Oh my goodness. My bucket list is growing daily. (laughs) Um, Definitely. I would love to go on a Disney cruise. Um, I think cruises are just a really good bang for your buck in general. But then when you add the Disney magic and characters, you're getting to travel and see some different places all while having the Disney magic right at the, you know, right on the ship, I think is so cool. And Disney Alani Resort is high on my list. We did a Disney Alaskan cruise last August, and Chris swears it's the best vacation we've ever been on. I think that if I was going to talk my husband into a Disney cruise, it would probably be easiest to get him on a Disney cruise if we were going to Alaska. Yes, you definitely need to do it one day. For sure. Now, for the people who want to have the best possible trip, where can they go online to find out more about what you do? Um, I do have my Instagram page, which is not strictly travel planning, but kind of all things Disney in general. Um, and that's Leslie through the looking glass. And then my travel page is on Facebook and that's dream creators less L E S. Um, and you can also find my email links on both of those things as well and send me an email and we can get to planning your vacation. Thank you so much for joining us today, Leslie. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you again to Leslie from Dream Creators Less. We really appreciate her joining us today. And now we are on to our two-minute trivia and our wisdom from Walt quote. And Chris, you are up with trivia. Thank you. If I remember from your interview, you had mentioned that you like to read all of those little tiles that explain about the exhibits. So I'm going to ask you a question that if you would have read those little tiles, you would know. So Walt Disney married his wife, Lillian. And he was married to the day he died. Where were they married? This is hard because they lived in a lot of places. I'm going to guess Illinois, but I feel like that's wrong. You are correct. That is wrong. (laughs) I I will give you this, though. It does start with an I. I The state. So I'll give you one point for the state, and I'll give you a million points for the city. And the way you're going, you're going to get one point. I'm figuring it was not Indiana because I don't remember them spending any time in Indiana. And I don't remember them being in Iowa either. Correct. What other state is there besides Indiana, Iowa, and Illinois? Think out west. 
Idaho. Yes. Oh, she's from Idaho. Yes, she is. yes, yes, yes. Because I remember reading about her family. Yes, she's from Idaho. And I remember reading about that, but I don't remember what city they're from. I read thousands of things when I was at the museum. Well, you didn't read this. So <laughs> it was Lewiston, Idaho. Okay. And his parents did not attend the wedding, which I can understand from Marceline, yeah. Missouri, all the way to Lewiston, Idaho. And she was given away by her, if I remember correctly, her brother, who was a fireman or the fire chief. That's very interesting. Yeah. Now, when you said Idaho, I remember reading stuff about her family. Yes. Because they did about her family and his family. And they were married in the Episcopal Church. I did remember that because your family was Episcopal. Yes, correct. Yes. Very interesting. So see, I'm sure that was on one of the plaques that I read or missed reading because they had so much information. So now we're going to end with our wisdom from Walt quote. And I'm sure I've already done this one before, but when you go to the Disney Family Museum website, they have it all over the place. And I think it's just fitting to, as we're talking about that, it's kind of fun to do the impossible. And isn't he one of the few people I think throughout history that's really went done so many impossible things. It's so awesome to learn more about him. I'm glad I got to share my experiences with all of you. So thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the Diz Love Podcast with Vanessa and Chris. I'm Vanessa. And I'm Chris. This podcast is not affiliated with the Walt Disney Company or its holdings and it is intended for entertainment purposes only.